and welcome to Fraud uh, Busting New Frauds podcast. It is the only podcast for female fraud professionals and their allies who want to stay on top of the fraud awareness spectrum in order to thrive professionally while maximizing their happiness and having the courage to create the life they love. Thank you for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this uh, new episode of the New Frauds podcast. I'm Olga. I'll be your host today. Uh, we have a special guest today, and this is Kelly Paxton. We'll be discussing uh, truly interesting uh, and exciting topics related to fraud uh, investigations. Uh, but before we do that, I'd like to give a couple minutes to Kelly to briefly introduce herself. Hello, Kelly. Hi, thank you so much, Olga, for having me. It is truly an honor. I love it when I get to be a guest on podcasts. Thank you, Kelly. Um, could you please uh, briefly, you know, say in a few words um, a little bit more about um, who you are and uh, what you do? Sure. My name is Kelly Paxton. I'm a certified fraud examiner and private investigator in Oregon. And um, I'm also known as the pink color crime lady. And that means I investigate it, not commit it. So um, long story short, I think my career's always been about money. I started out in finance and I learned how people saved and invested. And then we had a client who was hinky, who got arrested for wire fraud because he stole. And I picked up the phone and I called the U.S. Customs Special Agent. And next thing you know, I became a special agent for U.S. Customs in Seattle and um, I arrested your typical bad guys, money launderers, drug dealers, pedophiles. I was armed 24-7. I got to drive fast cars and not get tickets. And, um, and then my sort of third career is more about pink collar crime, which is a subset of white collar crime. It is the one crime women do exceedingly well. And basically, the definition is low to medium level employees comma, primarily women, comma, who steal from the workplace. So it's garden variety embezzlement. So when I say my third career is about money, it's like, it's why good people have made these decisions to steal from most likely a trusted employer. But also I work with the victims of the crime because it's never for them really about the money. It's about the money causing the lack of trust. So I kind of say my career has just been about how people relate and do things to money or with money. Well, thanks so much, uh, Kelly, for this introduction. It's definitely really interesting uh, and exciting uh, to hear even more about. But before we dive into those specific questions for you from your uh, experiences, I'd like to ask uh, this question from your personal perspective. How does it feel like being a woman in the field of fraud busting? You mentioned, you know, uh, being investigating all those dangerous types of crimes in the beginning of your career. Uh, so I'd like to really re hear your answer to that. So what's interesting is I was uh, texting with a friend the other day and um, I said I'd never lost anyone on surveillance when I was a custom special agent because we both lived in the same city at the time. And um, and then I went to say, no one ever thinks of the woman in the Honda as being a special agent. So women are underestimated. They're underestimated when they commit crimes. They're underestimated when they investigate crimes. And 
is it a warm and fuzzy that we get invest or you know we get underestimated i don't know i don't think i'm incredibly warm and fuzzy but um i think people underestimate women and um i had this on my podcast recently where um i've had a couple people where like leah we told her said that one of her first investigations the owner of the business says oh don't look at her she's too dumb to steal from me <laughs> well that's a bad culture and we could talk about bad cultures but um People just have a misperception about women, whether you're investigating it and they're like, oh, well, she'll be nice to me, you know, or when they're committing it, it's like, oh, she just couldn't do that. She's not smart enough to do that or she's too nice to do that. So you can use that as a superpower. And I kind of I'm not going to say I use it as my superpower, but, um, you know, if we can use it to our advantage to like have good things happen i'm going to use it to my advantage yeah uh well thank you for uh, this uh, really really interesting uh response i definitely uh could not agree more uh with you um about all this uh, misperception and bias uh, about women um and uh, let's uh, now dive into uh more interesting topics i would really love you to ask you a question about a particular interesting scenario of pink color uh crime uh from your experience oh i have so many good cases it's kind of like picking a favorite child but since you have an interest in HOA fraud this yeah. is kind of an interesting case because it was one of my first cases when I was the fraud analyst at a sheriff's office and it actually was a male perpetrator but I always joke that he stole like a female and there's okay. differences um so why I said he stole like a female was he had a special needs child um he worked for an HOA kind of doing maintenance and you know general mm -hmm. maintenance mm -hmm. and he had the HOA credit card. Mm -hmm. And so he could go to Home Depot or Lowe's or Costco and buy things for the HOA. Mm -hmm. And he just started, as we used to call it, up shopping. Mm -hmm. So he would go and he would buy things for the HOA. And then at Costco, he'd add on some things for his own family. Mm -hmm. He didn't steal a lot. I believe it was about 40 some thousand dollars, which in the scheme of things isn't a lot, unfortunately, for people um, or fortunately for people. But um, he confessed right off the bat. And the thing is, is women steal less than men. So that's why I joke that, you know, he didn't steal a ton. So he stole like a woman. He had a special needs child who he wanted life at home to be easier for. And that's the other thing about money is people think that money solves problems and it does short term, but long term, it doesn't mm -hmm. like, I mean, how many rich people do we know that are miserable? Yeah, I know plenty. Yeah. Um, and it's people think, well, just because they're rich, they don't have problems. They have different problems. And then there's another woman who stole from a car dealership and she said, I wanted to see what happiness looked like. She worked for a very wealthy family. And she thought that that wealthy family that had stadium named after them and they got to fly private, that that was happiness. Well, she doesn't know it's happiness. It's what we see on the outside. We never know what's going on in someone's life unless you live with them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 Uh, well, thank you so much for providing those uh, very interesting examples. It, de it definitely has uh, to do with some perhaps psychology or uh, mindset of those people. Um, but I want more. I want more uh, cases. Could you provide one more example? 
Sure. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, okay. What's what, another one of my sort of, oh, I have a fat finger caper. I call it the fat finger caper. So I had a woman who um, owned, and this is public information, so I'm not sharing any secrets. Mm -hmm. um, she and her husband owned a nursery, like they sold big, big trees. Mm -hmm. And um, she kind of lived part-time in another state because of health reasons. And she was an accountant. And so she wasn't at the business all the time and they just got behind and she was wondering why. And she kind of, her husband's like, well, maybe I'm not paying attention. I'm getting older. Maybe I bought the wrong trees or, and so one day, and it's driving her nuts. And one day she, I called it fat fingers it. So she goes online and she looks at her bank account and, you know, it says check 101, $5,000, check 102, 2,500. And she's like, yeah, I wrote those checks and the bookkeeper mailed them. She accidentally hit view image. And when she hit view image, check 101 for $5,000 wasn't to the fertilizer company. It was to the bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. And that's when she figured it out mm -hmm. was, oh my God, those, because she's like, she, because she was an accountant, she had this metal accounting and she's like, yeah, 5,000, 2,500, but she didn't bother to look at the check images. Yeah. And when she saw it, she was like, oh my God. And it ended up being over a half million dollars. Um, what's interesting about the case is she got restitution. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people think that I should be depressed and sad all the time because I deal with crime and I'm not. I really think there's a silver lining for both sides. Um, in this case, she got restitution, which was shocking because the woman who stole from her got a divorce settlement and was able to make restitution. Mm -hmm. And if you make restitution, your jail sentence or prison sentence goes down. So she was able to do that. And I said to the, you know, the victim, I said, someday that woman will thank you for getting her out of a toxic marriage. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't know if she'll personally thank you, but in the universe, she will thank you for doing it because she was in a very bad marriage. And that's why she said she started stealing was to kind of, her husband wouldn't let her take trips with him. He's like, well, you can't afford it. So I'm not gonna, you can't come with me. So she started stealing. She's like, well, I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So um, can you imagine being in a marriage like that? Where, um, so I truly think that someday she's gonna be happier. I mean, it's gonna take her a while in prison and hopefully she has therapy and things like that. But, um, and my client in this case did get restitution. But what I kind of adore about my client was we became kind of friends and um, we were visiting one day in person. And she said to me, she said, you don't understand how much you helped me. And I was like, well, how? And she goes, I sent you an email and you responded immediately. And she goes, I was getting ready to check myself into a psychiatric ward. She said, because no one believed her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you responded almost instantly. And you stopped me from thinking that I was going crazy. And it like, it brought tears to my eyes because you don't think of that. Like you just, you don't think of it. And, and in her case, this is even crazier is that um, she went to one of her best clients clients who was a billionaire like with a b and she said we've been ripped off and he's like i'll give you a loan and it wasn't like you know and she's like oh i don't like those those are not good um you know conditions but he ended up telling his daughter that you know he had this woman who 
sold trees and they now have a bunch more billionaire clients who are buying all their trees. Mm -hmm. So there's a silver lining for her too. Her business actually has increased. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to believe I can't get out of bed in the morning. if I think that terrible things are going to happen all day long. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much, Kelly, for, for the story, but also the different perspectives. I think it's going to be truly interesting uh, to the audiences to, to listen to those. And uh, I myself I keep being thirsty for your stories. And I'd like to ask uh, my last question. Um, you you have a book. Uh, is that right? And what, what is it about? Yes. Um, it's all about, well, because of search engine optimization, I couldn't call it pink collar crime. I mean, it's in the subtitle, but I called it embezzlement, how to prevent, detect, and investigate pink collar crime. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like my story and the stories of a lot of the cases that I had. It's just, it's a really easy, fun read. Like, you know, people think I have a very twisted sense of fraud humor. And, um, but the thing about pink collar crime or garden variety embezzlement, those are crimes on Main Street. Mm -hmm. They, we don't, we don't relate to the crimes of Enron or Bernie Madoff. Mm -hmm. We relate to the soccer club, the water district, the municipality, the dentist, because we know those people. We don't know Bernie Madoff. We don't know the Enrons of the world. Yeah. So it's the relatable crime. And that I tried to make the book like business owners can read it and go, they can see themselves, how it can happen to them so easily. Cause that's the other thing is once it happens to you, you trust very few people you yeah. second guess all your decisions because you're like how did I not see Betty stealing from me yeah. and so the next person I hire like it just so I want people to understand that it can happen to anyone it doesn't matter how smart you are mm -hmm. like so that's why I wrote the book mm -hmm. people kept telling me you have to tell these stories so I just my daughter calls it a pamphlet. It's over a hundred pages. It's not a pamphlet. <laughs> but, um, I was just thinking, cause I just was reading another book. Um, and it made me think that I kind of want to do a, a, another book. Uh -huh. I, I, it might take me years, but I kind of want to do another book. I think you should. Absolutely, you should. Um, and Kelly, thanks so much for the over overview uh, a little bit about your book. Um, I'm uh, curious to know how uh, your book can be purchased. Um, maybe it's going to be helpful for the audiences to learn. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Amazon. So you, okay. you can go to my website, Pink Color Crime or kellypaxton.com and get it, but you can also do it on Amazon. Okay, uh, I will definitely recommend uh, to our listeners to purchase your book. I'll do it myself. Uh, thank you for spending the time today to talk about the different uh, amazingly interesting uh, scenarios of fraud. Uh, and thanks everyone. Um, thank you. And uh, thank you everyone for listening to um, today's episode. Uh, stay healthy and happy. Bye-bye.